Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. So the Warriors, they beat the Clippers at Chase Center 115-91 and are, for the first time, all season, three games above 500. Like, that's, that's wild. And, you know, they had their second four-game winning streak of the season. Uh, they had a five-gamer back in January and since the all-star break, they're four and one, you know, they are on a four game winning streak and Hey, in this one, they got down again, just like they had against the wolves and against the blazers. But then they came running back the third quarter, which has been kind of a, a hallmark quarter for the Warriors during this dynasty run seems to be back. And that defensive focus, the defensive scheming, the defensive effort looks like it's there again, at least when they access it. And so, you know, things are looking pretty good. I'm pretty impressed at how they've been, you know, able to come back and really, really just put teams away. I mean, they were down by, what, 11 at halftime? And then they outscored the Clippers 42-16 to take control of this game. And then they smoked them in the fourth quarter as well, 28-19. So they have a back-to-back, a second night of back-to-back on Friday against the Pelicans. And it's quite possible they could go on a five-game winning streak. I mean, I think they, they should, you know, getting the Pelicans at home. The Pelicans without Zion and this Warriors team. This is what we've kind of been waiting for this season. We need to see if it can travel, if they can take it on the road. And that's the greatest test, right? Everybody had always said, like, wait until the Warriors start clicking and watch out. Wait until they get to the postseason. No one wants to face them in a seven-game series. That's always been true. And we spent months of this season waiting for this to happen. And the biggest test, like the biggest like exclamation mark on this season has been how bad they've been on the road. If they can exercise some of those demons, then that's when I think we can say like, all right, these warriors are just hitting their stride, peaking at the right time. That on top of the fact that Steph, who said originally, you know, there was chatter about him potentially coming back March 9th against the Grizzlies in Memphis, but he might actually come back sooner, targeting Sunday's game in LA against the Lakers. So getting Steph back, with this team able to, you know, find its defensive acumen again, you know, it's defensive mojo. You know, I said after the last episode, it's like there's 20 games left in the season. There's 19 now. If you are a veteran and if you've been through playoff runs and even if, you know, you went through last year's championship run, you can look at 20 games. You could just throw the previous uh, 62 out the window and say, all right, let's do this for 20 games and then get into the postseason and 
you know, do what we do, whatever, you know? So that might be what we're seeing. And again, pump the brakes, not going to be like, all right, we've arrived. Uh, but these are definitely positive signs because they're winning games. They haven't put it together beginning to end, but what they've shown us in these comebacks, they've been more, more and more impressive as these games go on. Now, when they put it together from uh, the beginning of the game to the end, then that's when we'll really, really feel good about it. But first, they got to take the show on the road and take it on the road and win a bunch of road games, in my opinion, to make it feel like it's real. And not being a naysayer, you know, like I, I feel good about what we're seeing out there. <laughs> the Warriors a game are a game behind the Suns for fourth place. And, you know, if you look a little further ahead, they are four games behind the Kings for third place. Now, that's the wild thing about this season is that teams are not that far separated, even when you look up in the standings. Four games, however, has felt like a ton throughout this season. It's felt like just like this giant chasm of games in the standings that you can't can't make up. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes from here. One thing I've thought is that the Warriors are no longer the hunted team, that they're back to being the hunters. You know, we've talked about how since the beginning of the season, as the defending champs, that every team they play, you know, the Warriors have a target on their backs and how every team is going to give maximum effort and bring their A game to compete with the defending champs and to try to knock them off as a measuring stick for how good they are or for some of these young teams to show that they can take out the champs. And when the Warriors were basically struggling from the beginning of the season, they look like a wounded, uh, a wounded animal, right? The prey. But what we're seeing now, perhaps, is more of that hunter mentality where they're like, okay, you know, we know what we got to do and let's just do it. Other teams, especially in the West, who are struggling again because all these teams are packed together because they all have their own unique set of consistency problems. There's uncertainty amongst a lot of teams. And now that the Warriors are focused, that they are kind of getting into playoff mode, they look at these other teams and it's like, hey, <laughs> we may have struggled during the regular season or the rest of the regular season, but we know who we are. A lot of these other teams, especially the young ones, especially the ones that are kind of patchwork together with new guys, they don't necessarily know who they are yet. And I think that's the distinct advantage of this Warriors team and that championship DNA, championship pedigree, all that stuff. This is definitely promising. But again, let's see them take it on the road. I mean, first and foremost, you know, the goal maybe just a week ago or even a few days ago was let's get out of the plan. Let's get into the top six. They're fifth. And again, in a week, 
if things go south, then it could be right back into the plan. But things are trending in the right way. And if we have confidence and faith in these vets, the Hall of Fame core, then maybe, maybe uh, it's going to keep moving upwards. But now that they're out of the kind of play-in at this point, it's like, okay, get greedy, win some games, try to climb the standings. I'm sure the guys would love to get ahead of the Suns, right? KD's Suns, Chris Paul's Suns, Devin Booker's Suns, right? That would be an ultimate kind of like, hey, we're back. You know, can you imagine a four or five matchup between the Warriors and the Suns in the first round? That'd be wild. You know, that'd be amazing theater. But again, getting uh, ahead of myself on that one. But it definitely feels like the Warriors are the ones who are looking at other teams and then aggressively coming after them, well, at least in the in the second halves of these games. Jordan Poole, part of the what I like to call the Jordan Poole experience is the ups and downs of how he can be thrilling at one moment and then frustrating at the next, like a lot of times it's like, oh, you know, he helps the Warriors come back, but he was a big reason why they uh, got into the hole in the first place. But he was amazing in the third quarter. Overall, 32 minutes, 9 for 20 from the field, 5 for 12 from 3, 11 for 12 from the line, which is big because as one of the handful of guys who can drive to the basket, sometimes he doesn't get the calls. And this one, you know, he did. So that's a big deal. Four boards, three assists, two steals, 34 points, plus 19. I mean, that's solid. And, you know, a lot of people have been down on Jordan Poole because it's it's fair criticism. It's legitimate criticism, right? Like some of his decision-making throughout the season and uh, some of his just shot selection. All that is still true. And the reason why it's so frustrating is because we've seen him be good. We've seen him be solid. But can he bring that consistency on a night-to-night basis? Can he get other guys involved? Can he look for the open guy instead of jacking up 26-footers with 20 seconds left on the shot clock? So this is part of the growing process. And we all want to see it but you know the frustration of this season it's just like same story same story same story so hopefully you know even though he's not a vet in his 30s uh hopefully he can see what needs to happen and really really just tighten up be smarter i noticed at least he's not doing the thing where he drives to the basket gets cut off or stuck or stuck up in the air and just throws the ball backwards. He doesn't do that too often. So at least that's one thing. We just want him to be smarter and make better decisions. And if he does that, you know, and also he's playing, you know, some better defense, but if he does those things, then like, that's what we hope for. That's what we've hoped for since the beginning of the season, right? It's a fact that he hasn't made a leap this year, but 
hey, there's time. There's time to show that, okay, you can figure something else out, unlock the next level of your development. And we all want that, you know, we all want that, but you got to bring the consistency too. So we'll see. We'll see. Clay Thompson had uh, 11 boards and I've talked recently about how he's not known for rebounding, but in this next stage of his career, now that he's got his shot back, now that he feels good, that understanding that he needs to do the other things that help this team win, right? I mean, basically, with Poole and DiVincenzo starting right now, Clay is small forward. He's playing Wiggins' position, and that position has to get rebounds. And Clay, 30 minutes, 7 for 16, 3 for 8 from 3, hit both his free throws, 11 boards, 4 assists, 2 steals, 1 block, 19 points. And those are the things at this point that Clay needs to do to help this team win. And, you know, you love to see it, right? Because although Clay may not be as quick to guard smaller dudes, he's still a big guy and he's pretty solid guarding some of these bigger dudes, you know, some of these small forwards around the league. So I'll take that. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo didn't shoot that great, only two for 10, one for six from three, but he also had 11 boards. Plus 22, highest plus minus on the night, five points. Uh, Draymond Green had a beautifully typical Draymond Green game. 29 minutes, five for seven, nine boards, nine assists, almost a triple-double, 11 points plus 19. So I'm not going to go through everybody, but uh, these are the signs that you like to see. And also because it was a blowout, you look at the starters' minutes, and it's like 29, 25, 30, 31, 32. So they kept the minutes relatively low for some of these guys so that they can come after these Pelicans because they got to get the wins, right? And the beauty is Clay plays back-to-backs. So 30 minutes in this one, he's ready for the Pelicans on Friday. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back. Is Steph going to go for 30? Is Clay going to hit five threes? Download the app now and sign up with code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. John Kaminga, 29 minutes, 7 for 12 from the field, 3 for 4 from 3, 2 out of 3 from the line, 7 boards, 2 assists, 2 steals, 1 block, 19 points, plus 19 off the bench. 29 minutes. He had 25, I believe, in the Blazers game previously. And, you know, don't look now, but that guy is getting a lot of minutes on the court. Part of it is because Wiggins is out. But also, it's like these are the minutes that Jonathan Kaminga deserves. You know, a really, really solid game. I remember uh, watching his first G League game against the Santa Cruz Warriors during the G League bubble. And that was the game where Jordan Poole went up for a layup and uh, Kaminga came out of nowhere and and uh, blocked him in one of the most vicious blocks 
I've ever seen. But it was in that game where I was like, this guy could be like Kawhi Leonard, right? Because he had the size. At that point, he was just 18. If this guy can put it together, then he'd be really awesome. And that's why when the Warriors had an opportunity to draft him, I was like, take that guy, you know? I know the argument for Wagner, <laughs> right, <laughs> at the time, which admittedly I didn't buy, but clearly I was wrong. But just Kaminga, like what he can do. And he'd been a little choppy since the trade deadline. He's had some good games, but then some, you know, games where it was like he his impact didn't feel as uh intense but you know he's really really starting to put it together and you love the fact that <laughs> he's hitting his threes that he's confident in his mid-ranger and i talked about it in the last game like once he starts putting those things together like for real for real then watch out you know and i've said also he needs to tighten his handle when he drives and everything and the decision making but those things come with reps, hopefully in the off season and just getting minutes, getting time out there. So when I see him getting 25 to 30 minutes, I mean, that's, that's huge for, for him and his defense always active. And again, these are all positive, positive signs. There is a part of me though, that thinks it's kind of a, a shame, like nothing has changed for this team since before the all-star break, right? It's like, I know the season is a slog. I know the season is weird in some respect, but you know, it's like, where was this team before? And I know it takes a while, but like, it seems that the switch, they found it, or at least they can find it in games and then they can flip it. But couldn't they have played a little bit better before now? You know, it's not like they all of a sudden got some guys back or made a trade for anyone who is actually on the court right now. You know, maybe it's just this feeling of, hey, the gang's all here with Gary Payton II back in the fold on the bench, hanging out with Steph. You know, that's that's heartwarming. That's great and all. But like this position that they're in, what was it that put them there? I've talked about how like there's a ton of reasons why it's played out this way, but was it that the team just had strange vibes? Was it that the Draymond punching pool thing uh, threw everyone off? Was it that they just really did have a, a certain level of indifference and lack of care, lack of focus all that stuff. I've talked about how the dog days of the season are you know, basically like January to February. And they definitely went through those last season, but they'd built up, they started the season with an 18 and two record. So was it just more dog days that they couldn't avoid no matter what? And now they're just focusing and, and ramping up for the playoff run for a stretch run. It could have been, but I'm just saying if they could have made this effort a month ago, a month and a half ago, you know, then we're talking, you know, differently. <laughs> uh, but they couldn't close out games before. They couldn't find that defensive focus. And that's what they 
have shown in the last several games. So I'll take that. I'll take that for now. And again, hey, if the Warriors can keep it going, then I said a couple of games ago that don't automatically assume, you know, I'm not going to just jump the gun and say, hey, they're world beaters now and they're the favorites. We always knew that if they could get healthy and get their focus right, that no one wants to see them in any situation in the playoffs. But, you know, just getting there is the first step. But how high can they go? Like, how much can they flex over these final 19 games and be like, whoa, you know, tell the league we're back. You know, that's going to be really, really, really interesting. So right now, the Warriors, they get the Pelicans at home on Friday. Then they go to L.A. to play the Lakers on Sunday. And that is hopefully when Steph comes back. Then they go to OKC. Then they go to Memphis. And then they get Milwaukee and Phoenix at home. And those are all, you know, decent teams. So we'll see. We'll see how they can go in this next stretch of games. This is what we've wanted from this team. This is what we have hoped for from this team. But again, let's see how it plays out game to game. You know, take it one at a time. All right. That's all I got. All right. Well, that is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino or at Oakland Warriors. Check out our YouTube channel where you can watch this episode, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to leave us a nice review, saying good stuff about the show on Apple Podcasts, that would be hugely, hugely appreciated and it would be very, very helpful. Thanks. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time and go Dubs. Go Dubs.